Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to the Edge of Comfort podcast, where people from all over the world share their unique travel adventures, experiences, perspectives, pieces of advice, and ways of living life to the fullest. I am your host, Lee Thornquist, and thank you for listening. On today's episode, I talk with Isa Lindberg from Budin, Sweden, which is in the northern part of Sweden, close to the Arctic Circle. So very cold. Uh, Isa spent the last year in Australia, where she worked a few different jobs and traveled all throughout the country. She is now traveling through Southeast Asia before heading back home for a bit. Uh, On this episode, you'll hear us talk a lot about working in Australia, so I don't want to spoil too much regarding that. But while in Australia, you'll hear Isa talk about exploring the outback a little bit and driving all over the country and also some of her scuba diving experience at the Great Barrier Reef. And Isa is now spending the next month in Thailand and plans to dive some of the famous spots like Koh Tao. Along with Australia, some of the other things we discuss include methods of finding work in a different country, what sort of work you might want to pursue and work to avoid, solo travel and how to deal with unwanted attention, especially as a female traveler, whether or not the perfect time to do something exists, and much, much more. So thank you again for Isa for sharing her story on the podcast with us. If you'd like to reach out to her, ask a question, view her photos, or just follow along with her future travels, you can do so at Isa Lindberg on Instagram. That's spelled I-S-A-L-I-N-D-B-E-R-G, Isa Lindberg. And if you aren't already on the Edge of Comfort email list, head to edgeofcomfort.com and subscribe to be first to receive new episodes and blog posts and exclusive content. You can also follow my journey through photos by following edge underscore of underscore comfort on Instagram. Thank you for listening and enjoy. Welcome to the Edge of Comfort Podcast with your host, Lee Thornquist. Hello, everyone. I'm here with Isa Lindberg, right? Yes. Lindberg from Sweden. We are currently in Kuala Lumpur, Malaysia, where, if you don't know where that is, look it up on a map, a little bit above Singapore and under Thailand. So yeah, thanks for joining me today. I know this is kind of last minute. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So, you're from Sweden. The last year you've been working in Australia and traveling around a little bit. Yeah. Um, I guess, can you just kind of give us a little bit more background on 
how you kind of came to this decision, what the past year has been like, just like a general overview type big yeah. picture. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so um, I, before I decided to go traveling, I worked in retail in a store back home. And just, you know, life, just, just working and having your day-to-day -day life. And I just, I don't know, I always wanted to travel, but you never have that perfect time where you go, like, oh, now I want to go, you know? So for me, it was like, I had a situation back home when I just felt like I wanted to leave. And... So it was very spontaneous for me. I booked it like a month before I left. Oh, really? Yeah, very short before. Um, and the original plan was to stay six months and stay in Sydney and then go back home, back to my job and everything. But when I left, I just loved it so much. Traveling and being away from home was an amazing experience. So I just stayed the full year and yeah, now I'm here. <laughs> With one more month to go before I go back home. Okay, you have your flight book back home? Yeah, I have my flight book. It's from Bangkok, Stockholm. Okay. Yeah. So, back to... You said you kind of always knew you wanted to do, like, do some traveling. Yeah. But did you know to, like, the full extent that it would become? You said you originally just planned six months and then it ended up yeah. being over a year, so... Yeah, I, I always wanted to go away and travel for a long time. I never I never thought I'd go to Australia though. It's never a plan for me. I've always I dreamed of going everywhere, but not like focused on you know Australia. That was just spontaneous because I I don't know how I just picked that one. I wanted to work somewhere, and Australia felt like a good alternative. I was also looking into somewhere in Europe doing, I guess, like skiing or something like that, or Canada. But then I just, yeah, it was, this was in November, and November in Sweden is cold. <laughs> snow, we had snow when I left. And I just wanted some sunshine and a beach. Yeah. So that's how I went with Australia. I went to, I went to Indonesia first for three weeks. Okay. Before I went to Australia. So you went to Indonesia first. Did you? The typical place in Indonesia for tourists yeah. is Bali. Is that where and you that's went? That's where I went. <laughs> that was. That's been a dream for me though. Like okay. I watched this movie Eat, Pray, Love. Yes. You know this movie. Uh -huh. They go to. She goes to Bali and to find herself and yeah. So I always wanted to go after that. Okay. But it's not like I imagined imagined it. Like in the movies, it's. There's no people, it's only her and in the jungle and blah blah blah. Bali was not like that, <laughs> at least not where I went. <laughs> Tourists and dirty beaches, but it's still an amazing place. There's, all the people there are so nice and there's a nice vibe in Bali. And then I went to the Gili Islands too. Okay. I would definitely want to go back to Indonesia. It's amazing. Okay. We'll definitely come back to that because... I know, like, that's somewhere I'll be in a month, so I want to yeah. ask some more questions about that. Um, but before we do that, um, kind of back to Australia, and you're working there. Um, so when you, like, booking a trip like that, like, a month in advance, yeah. I think 
first off, like that takes a lot of courage. Hats off to you for that. But second, you said you wanted to work abroad. Was that because you just just had this like desire to work in a different country, or was it more like you need you wanted to travel and needed some financial help? So kind of had to find that trade-off, or I guess what was your fascination with working in Australia or just abroad in general? Mm. I think it's a different experience, like traveling and working somewhere like when I first like traveling in, in Bali you have a backpack and you meet all these nice people and blah 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 and then when I went to Sydney uh, that was so I traveled for three and a half weeks and then I went to Sydney and I was already tired of my backpack <laughs> after three and a half weeks <laughs> I guess you, you I love traveling but I wanted to experience like the people, not, when you're traveling, it's easy to hang out with only like other backpackers. I wanted to see like more of the country and the people in the country and experience what it's like to live in Australia and work there. And yeah, and I remember the feeling like when we, when I got an apartment with friend, met a few friends in Sydney, and we got an apartment together. And I remember unpacking my things, and yeah, it was an amazing feeling to have that your own, like, it feels like home so quickly. It's so cool that you can get that feeling so far away from home. You still feel like you're home. Yeah. Because you have your things there, and you have your own, like, your own space, and you buy your own food, and, you know, you get that same feeling you have back home but it's so different at the same time so much better yeah like, yeah it's, it's totally different like sydney is such a big city too and i'm from like a very small town in the north of sweden we have nothing and sydney <laughs> has everything so it's it's so different how did you shoot like so did you fly into sweden and or not sweden did you fly into sydney and then instantly tried to find a job, or did you travel around in Australia first? I guess what was kind of the timeline? I flew straight to Sydney. This was in um, beginning, like beginning of November, and I knew I wanted to see Sydney on New Year's. That was one of my, like, yeah, what I really wanted to see, like Sydney on New Year's and Christmas. I wanted to celebrate that in Sydney, and. Yeah, so I just flew to Sydney and started to look for a job straight away. Working abroad, did you find it more difficult than working back home because you're a foreigner there? I guess Australia, your English is pretty good. Did you know English before coming to Australia? Or yeah. like, what were some of the initial challenges you faced with working abroad? Um, I think... It's easy in, in the big cities in Australia to find a job, but it also depends a lot on when you get there. Like when I got there, it was peak season with the backpackers. So, like, I didn't struggle to find a job. I found a job pretty quickly, but not in what I really wanted to do. So my first job was cleaning in, in University of New South Wales, and that's an university. It's 
in Kensington, and I had my apartment was in Randwick, so it was walking distance for me. So Randwick and Kensington were very close, and that was nice. But I, what I wanted to do was I wanted to work in retail. So that's what I knew. Like I, I wanted to try new things, but also retail was my like my what I my go-to thing I wanted to do. Okay. Like my first choice, my first choice, and that was not very easy to find a job in that. Is finding a job is it like all up to you? Like you have to do all the reach out and like search and everything, or are there any resources to help travelers find these jobs? There are mm, lots of ways to find a work find work in Sydney. If you're staying in a hostel, they're often very helpful. You can go up and ask them in the reception, and then tell you about like jobs they've heard of or how to do things and help you print your resume and blah blah blah. Um, just the, e- the easiest way I found was working, like was just walking, in, if you want to work in a cafe, just walk in and talk to them and present yourself and because in, in Sydney it's, especially in hospitality, it's very quickly, like people come and go all the time backpackers especially mm-hmm. so my second job was in a cafe and I got that job that way there's also different apps you can use this I use one app called found found yeah and it's like you swipe on work it's like tinder for yes. work no way yes, it's very funny <laughs> um, a friend of mine that I one of my roommates or my flatmates she found her job through that app yeah and it's like the the easiest jobs to find are, is in hospitality like okay baristas and wait- waitressing and yeah th- those kind of jobs are very easy to find were employers like more willing to hire you because you were a traveler or was it because they knew like many travelers come and the turnover rate is high you know maybe you don't stay for very long yeah so if you would you tell people you know you're from uh, Sweden you're traveling or would did you feel like upon hearing that people would be like oh no 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 because yeah. they knew you might be gone in a month yeah um, if you get to Sydney or another big city in Australia before summer it's easier to find a job because then they'll hire you and they can be pretty sure that you'll stay over summer because lots of backpackers do that. So they stay in Sydney or Melbourne or Perth or whatever over summer and then they go traveling once it gets colder. So they go north or go to Asia or somewhere else. So it's if you, um, yeah, if you go get there before summer, that's a good advice. Um, and it, don't tell them, oh, I'm, I'm planning on staying two months. Never say that. Say, oh, I'm going to stay here in Sydney for a year. <laughs> and then when you, if you want to say two months, just after a couple, after two <laughs> months, just say, oh, no, I have to go now. <laughs> <laughs> Change of plans yeah. and not stay in a year. Yeah. Okay. That's what, yeah. They... They're used to it, like they're used to people leaving, but it can still annoy them. Like I, rem- I, when I wanted to quit my the cafe, and um, that was I worked there for I think around like two months, and 
I told them a week before I left. Oh, it's really? It's very quickly, like, especially if you're, if you're casual, you can say, like, oh, I'm not coming tomorrow, basically. <laughs> you can, you're being a bad person, but you can do that. Yeah. But you don't have any obligations, like, you know? But, so I, to- I was nice to tell them a week before. Mm-hmm. And they got upset with me. Because I had, I don't know, they, yeah, they they got upset with it. Like, they were pretty angry with me. Yeah. But, yeah, they, it's easy for them to find someone new, especially in hospitality. So, you should just, you have to do your thing. Like, when you're traveling, you have to think about your, you can't think about, oh, no, I will, this won't be good for them at work, or blah, blah, blah. You have to think of yourself yeah so did I know it's different for every country but for from coming from Sweden was it difficult to get a working visa in Australia no not not from Sweden it was easy we have very good like the uh, Sweden and Australia have a good relationship like that I also when you're coming from Sweden, like we have free healthcare in Sweden. And so in Australia, we, they have like reciprocal, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I had free healthcare there too, like mm, Medicare card. So I could go anytime and talk to a doctor and it would be free. Really? Yeah. Oh, wow. So I had American friends and they had to use their insurance and pay for it and everything. But yeah. for me, it was always free. Which is very nice. Okay. Like, yeah. So you didn't have any traveler's insurance? Like, I, do, I mean, that was, yeah. but... Um, so my mom is a nurse and a very worried person. <laughs> so I, she got me insurance anyways. Okay. Because um, it doesn't... Like, the their reciprocal rights thing doesn't cover... Um, if I have to be airlifted with, an, you know, or if I die and have to be <laughs> transported home, that's yeah. not covered. Okay. And that's very expensive. Mm-hmm. So my mom wanted me to have be fully covered and also bring, you know, things. Brought my computer with me and have your phone. Mm-hmm. So that sort of thing is covered too. Do you remember the? company you went through? Did you go through like a local Swedish one or an online insurance company? It was an online one. One of those backpacker insurance companies. I don't remember which one. <laughs> okay. But was it World Nomads or? I don't know. That's the only one I know. Yeah. <laughs> Could be that one. Okay. Could be. My mom got me this. So okay. Very thankful. Thank you, mom. Yeah. Did you ever have to use it though? Hopefully not. Um, so I, I've dropped my phone three times and had to change my screen three times. Cracked your screen three yeah, times. Yeah, cracked my screen three times. <laughs> the last time was one day before I was leaving Australia. Like the day, like I was leaving um, six in the morning, and the day before, at two o'clock or something, I drop my phone from the bed, like it's thirty centimeters, and I drop it, and it's the screen comes off. It's not even cracked; it comes off the phone. And I was like, okay, so I have to have my phone when I go t- traveling now. So, yeah. Um, 
so I'm gonna use it for that. I haven't contacted them yet, but kept the receipts and everything. So okay, I think it's good to have an insurance, especially if you're from another country where you don't have the Medicare medic medical rights. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Are there any jobs that you highly recommend someone coming to Australia try to get? And are there any jobs you recommend staying away from? Mm. Oh, it's a good question. Um, I tried working another. I tried another job too. So that was in um, outside of Sydney, in Wyong. Okay. I applied for a job because I I'm. Uh, animal person and this was a horse job and I love horses so it was in a race stable and they told me I would work um, I don't remember the hours but it was like fair hours and good pay and when I got there they wanted me to basically work from 5 in the morning to 6 in the afternoon and it was $400 a week and they wanted me to work 6 days a week and I was staying on the farm and everything. And I was like, oh no, I can't do this. <laughs> and I've heard, like I met backpackers that worked on that, in that stable. And I've talked to other people working with horses too. And they say that it's, they're basically using you. And it's the same with some other animal farms, like with cows and like cattle, it can be the same type of thing. Like they want you to work crazy hours and for minimum wage and it's just not fair so they sometimes I feel like I felt like they know you're a backpacker and they know you need a job or and they use you especially if you're not like a native English speaker but just don't fall for that type of thing like the good jobs whatever you've done before you can probably get a good job in that in Australia too okay yeah I have friends that did all sorts of different things if you don't have any experience in anything you can always get hospitality and the job that I think is the easiest is in sales farms or baristas like especially like using that app found when you swipe through it's all barista <laughs> barista 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 you want yeah so if you have barista experience you're very needed in Australia <laughs> especially in city Sydney and Melbourne and big cities what were the other jobs you did and which one would you want to go back to if you needed to or had to so the f my first job, um, I cleaned in the school, as I said, and that was from 3 in the morning to 7 in the morning. So, yeah, that was not a bad job. It was good pay. And the other job, in the jobs I had in Sydney was that one and working in a cafe. So in the cafe it was a small cafe in Darling Harbour and we did sandwiches and like it was like a lunch restaurant. And that was that was nice. I liked that. 
stressful but nice, but the pay was way, way worse. But I, if I had to go back to one, I'd, it'd be in a cafe. I always wanted, like, try. I always wanted to try to work in a cafe, like, to be a waitress. Like, growing up, I would look at waitress and I'd think, oh, wow, cool job, I'm <laughs> try that. But I don't want to do that for, like, a long, longer time than, like, a year would be enough, I think, for me. The other job that I had in, was a few hours north of Perth in a town called Badjingera. I worked in a sheep farm. So I stayed with the family on a farm and I were a farmhand. This was for my second year visa. And I did all sorts of things, like around the sheep and lambs and also other things like helping out just around the house too. They had kids, so I'd pick them up from school sometimes and just help out with basic things. And that was a really nice job too. I loved the family I worked for. It's an amazing experience. And I think that was very good for my English too. How did you find that one? It was through Gumtree. Gum, what is it? Gumtree. It's like G-U-M... T-R-E-E? Gum... Gum tree, yes. G-U-M-T-R-E. Yes. Okay. Um, and it's like, where you, you can find lots of work there. It's... Oh, like the main pages where you can find work in Australia is Gumtree and Seek. The ones that I use, at least. And they're both very good. Um... Yeah, so that was the gum tree. Uh, they're both websites? Yeah, they're both websites. Okay. Got it. So, I've, on the road at least, I've heard a lot of people going to Australia to work. Yeah. Maybe that's just because we're in Asia, and yeah. geographically that's close, and mm -hmm. probably better pay than countries here. But when you were talking with other travelers, or people who were working, kind of doing similar things to you, what was the appeal of Australia? What's the question? Sorry. What, what was the appeal of Australia? Why do you think so many people choose oh, that yeah. to work? Oh, that's a, such a good question. I don't know. I think it's... An, yeah, it's an easy place to go. Since they're speaking English, most people can work there that understand English and can speak English. And, yeah, it's, I think it's different from the rest of the world, too. It's such a, like, Australia has everything. It's beaches and outback and farms and, yeah, whatever you want. I mean, they have rainforests and the reef and, yeah. Anyone can go there and find something they will like. So I think that's like why people choose Australia. That's why I chose Australia. Did you ever go... Or two questions. Did you ever go into the outback area? So my farm where I worked was pretty outback. That was, we, the town had 40 people. Yeah. Uh, that's pretty small. <laughs> yeah. 
and I didn't even live in the town. This I had the farm is like 20 minutes outside of the town with the car. So I saw like um, on the east coast when I in Sydney, like my first five months in Sydney, I didn't see a kangaroo. <laughs> Or like around Sydney, never I never saw a kangaroo. Um, the only wildlife you see around there, at least what I saw, was possums, rats, and colorful birds. <laughs> um, but and on the like traveling up the east coast, I didn't even see any kangaroos too. That's the that's yeah. What's that? Most people see kangaroos. Yeah. I was just blind. I don't know. But then in the, on the farm, I saw at least five kangaroos every day. And kangaroos everywhere. At the, after a while, you start to hate them. Really? Yeah, yeah. I was scared to hit them with the car. One day we found a dead, drowned kangaroo in the pool. Yeah, they're everywhere. Wait, explain that, please. <laughs> So the farm had a pool, like a small pool. Above or in ground? In ground. Okay. And I, I was there between July and November. No, between July and October. And that's, it's winter in Perth at that time. So the pool was not being used. And it had a cover over, like a, yeah, a blue cover over it. And then it got warmer and my boss on the farm decided to take the cover off and get the pool ready for summer and in the pool something was sticking up like above the water and he thought this must be a stick so he grabbed it with his hand and it started lifted up and he saw that it had fur on the stick so he realized it must be a kangaroo and yeah have some nice pictures on my phone. <laughs> <laughs> so, was it like a baby then, or no? It was huge. a full adult a, kangaroo. A red kangaroo, which is the biggest type of kangaroo. They can get 180 centimeters standing up, which is like a full-grown man. And this kangaroo was huge. He'd pull it up in the tail, and <laughs> it must have been in there for some time because it was very in bad shape. Like it was falling apart as he pulled it up. From the pool. So it just got stuck under the tarp or something? It probably fell in there and yeah, drowned. And then the I don't know how it got under the pool cover, like the tarp or whatever. It must have slipped under somehow. Oh my gosh. And, yeah, it was sad. It felt very bad for the poor kangaroo. <laughs> I saw a v- video today of a kangaroo swimming. Yeah. So can they normally swim? And was uh, this one just not able, like, I don't maybe know. the tarp? I think, yeah, I think they can swim, but maybe, I don't know, maybe you got tangled <laughs> up in the tarp. I That's also wild. heard, someone told me that the kangaroos, when dogs chase them, they can get in water and stand in the water and wait for the dogs to swim out to them, and then they hold them underwater. Yeah. The farm, like I think it was the farm, someone on the farm who said that, because they they go hunting kangaroos sometimes. I also did that too on the west coast. I went hunting with um, two Australian guys that I met um, with my friends. I travelled up from from Perth to Darwin. So this was in um, Coral Bay, 
we stayed in this outback camping site like we had to use our four wheel four wheel drive car to get there and um and yeah so and on this camping this this guy living there and he asked us if we wanted to come kangaroo hunting with him <laughs> so we did that in the middle of the night and it took us forever to find one and then we did yeah well, what weapons did you use and is this legal <laughs> <laughs> so he had um, <laughs> maybe I shouldn't say where this was <laughs> in yeah. case it's not legal. anonymous <laughs> <laughs> no, so he told us he hadn't he had um, he was allowed to do this in the spot so they knew the people that owned the place and they had a permission to do this because there was too many kangaroos there okay. apparently the day after we had the barbecue with kangaroo <laughs> so you got one yeah we did okay what do you, what did you shoot it or no who? no no I couldn't even look <laughs> so no he did okay we uh, I did shoot though I we shot some ant hills <laughs> <laughs> how yeah. big were these ant hills they're huge if you go to West Australia you'll see them they're this big like so like this is taller than you material yeah. me showing you yeah I was like, <laughs> this big people yeah. me size of me two meters no one like yeah one and a half meters something like that jeez very big and very wide too they're huge I was amazed for how they could how the ants could do this I don't know how they do it yeah I'm, I'm quite fascinated with how it seems everything in Australia is so extreme like yeah. animal and nature wise yeah it's so extreme and a lot of it seems like it can kill you. <laughs> Did you ever have a run-in with any like poisonous animals or snakes or spiders? So um, I didn't see that many snakes. Uh, I was in Blue Mountains when I did like a hike there. Blue Mountains is outside of Sydney. We saw snakes, small snakes. I don't think they were poisonous. Um, but this was like on the hike, like on, like one meter away from me. Yeah, so I saw a, I think it's, they call it redback, I'm pretty sure. Redback spider? Yeah. Want me to look it up? Was, yeah, same <laughs> But this was like, I did like a weekend, I went away for the weekend from the farm. It was not like when I did the... It's definitely redback spider. Okay. That is freaky. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> okay, I'll start over. Should I? Yeah. No, we can keep this, because if you're... Look up a picture of a redback spider if you do not know what it looks like. And uh, that's all you need to know. Yeah. <laughs> okay, but yeah. So you had an encounter with redback spider. Yeah, I saw a redback spider um, when I did, like, I went away for, for a weekend from the farm, and I went to Calberry, and I was leaving there with my tent in a caravan park. I was... The first night I set up my tent and I was putting in my things and I saw a red back spider on the door to my tent, like on the zipper. Yeah. It's very scary. That's oh, <laughs> But they I d I heard that they can't really kill you though, like you get, probably get sick. Or okay. if, if you are if you're already sick or if you're an old person or a baby, then you can die. 
Uh, but like me, I wouldn't die. Probably just okay. Not sick. enough like, poison. Um, I'm not too sure about this, but I think so. And anyways, if you go to the hospital and take care of you, okay. <laughs> I was never put that, that health insurance to yeah. work. <laughs> <laughs> I was never that scared of dangerous animals in Australia. Like one time, um, me and my friend surfed in Maroubra. It's in Sydney, and the shark alarm went off, and they you heard like all over the beach confirmed shark sighting everyone get out of the water and all the surfers just ran up on the beach <laughs> that was that was an experience yeah. yeah oh that's scary but there's there's actually a huge discussion among um back when i was working in austin texas yeah among like a f myself and a few of my cube mates uh their names are charlie and kevin mm -hmm. and who's talking about how actually uncommon it is for shark attacks to happen and the amount of people who actually die yeah. from shark attacks throughout like in a year is less than the amount of people who die from having a vending machine fall on them <laughs> so it's yeah. like it's such a real fear maybe yeah. because of jaws or yeah sharks are scary you don't want to get an arm bitten off or something but it's just funny how it's like yeah it's, such a big fear yeah i feel the same way i was no ne i've never been scared of sharks um it's not i don't even think about that when i go to the beach they're not, like, waiting to kill you in the ocean. They're out killing fish or whatever they do. They're shark things. Um, <laughs> yeah, so... I'm, I'm more rational. I think I'd die in a car accident or something before that happens. Yeah, statistically <laughs> speaking, right? Yeah. More likely to. Does, do you have any plans to return to Australia later on? Yeah, so my sheep farm job was for my second year visa, which is you have to do three months of regional work. Uh, no, yeah, like on a farm or working like the outback on a roadhouse or something to get your second year visa so you can come back to Australia and work one more year. Yeah, so my my. I want to come back. I don't know when. Alright, final question about working in Australia, then we'll move to a new topic. How did you balance working and saving up enough money so you could travel later on, but also doing activities and exploring and still getting um, acquainted with an area and traveling? Yeah. Um, that's a good, good question. Uh, I think it's, yeah, you, it's a balance. Sometimes I had month, like a month where I had a lot, like I wasn't able to put away more money. So that month I'd spend more money too. Like I'd do things on the weekend and go to that, you know, cafe when you saw on Instagram that looked so nice and, you know. Or go to the outdoor cinema or go and have that drink um, in that bar or whatever. And then I had months where I couldn't save anything. 
and that month I'd eat one package of pasta in one week, <laughs> you know, um, and not spend so much and try and not go out or do expensive things. So then I'd do, but the thing is with big cities, there's always things to do that are free too. I'd go to go and have a picnic with a friend, sit on, sit in Hyde Park and go to the beach, you know, free things. Yeah. Yeah, watch a movie in the apartment with a friend, or yeah. So there's always things to do, but yeah, it's a, it's a balance. You have to think. I was talking actually with my dad today about that. How because um, I haven't spent money on myself very much, like on buying things like I'd normally do back home um, in Australia. Say like I. I'd think twice before buying anything, like especially like not food but things for myself. Like, do I really need this right now? No, I don't, so I won't buy it. And now we're in here in Asia, you still have that kind of thinking. And here everything is so cheap. It's such a difference. Yeah. So, yeah, still I'm still in that mindset. Like, do I really need this? <laughs> do I really need this thing now for one dollar? <laughs> Yeah, that price difference is definitely nice going, <laughs> yeah. like, from high to low. Because yeah. I was the same way. Actually, today I calculated my finances mm -hmm. and total spending in Japan and yeah. Singapore, yeah. which was a little bit of a shock, a little yeah. higher than I was hoping. But <laughs> So I see that, and then I look at my last two days in Kuala Lumpur. I'm like, oh my gosh, this yeah. I've spent $5 today on food, and I've eaten great. Yeah. And then in Japan, you can't get a meal for under $5. Mm -hmm. So just yeah. having going that opposite way, I think, is a lot better than if you were to spend a bunch of time here yeah. and then go to Australia and it'd be like, mm -hmm. wait, a drink is yeah. $10? Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you have your, you have your um, open water diving certificate, correct? Yes, I do. I got... Uh, I, that's also part of why I wanted to go to Bali before Australia because I, I knew I wanted to dive the Great Barrier Reef to see that also a thing I've always wanted to do and it was, it's, I looked into how like doing the, the open water here and it's, no, not here I'm thinking I'm in Australia still <laughs> doing it in Australia and it's way more expensive than in Asia so that was also a reason for me to go to Bali and do it. So I did it on Gili Travangan, which is outside of Bali. And yeah, I yeah I did that, and it was amazing. Such a like just what I imagined it to be. Like even better than what I thought it would be to dive. Always loved water and. Sw like the beach and everything around the ocean and doing that was amazing so where you dove Great Barrier Reef dove Gili Islands yeah. above Bali are those the only two places so far? yeah yeah I want I booked a diving uh, booked diving in Exmouth which is on the west coast but uh, it was too windy the day I was 
going, and the next day it was also too windy, so I missed uh, out. Dang. Yeah, I was very excited to do it there because I've um, so the Great Barrier Reef, which probably everyone knows, is that it's bleached, so it's not very colorful anymore. I don't know about like what's happened, like if it's dying or. Um, I heard like when you're in cans, people say different things. Like that's where you can dive the Great Barrier Reef, like the best place to do it. Um, people say different things. Some people say it's dying because of people and tourism, and some people say it's a natural process. Like like waters get warmer and corals die, and it's what happens, and then it grows back, or you know. Um, but the the reef is very similar in Bali, like color, color-wise, and bleached. So it was like it was obvious to see that it was discolored a bit and bleached. Yeah, especially like um, in the, in the Great Barrier Reef, uh, it's some places are better than others. They can take you to better places around the reef, but lots of the places are very. There's not much color there. The mm. fish are very colorful and it's still very nice, but it's it's bleached. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm so excited to dive more places. I want to go all over the world just for diving. Where you're going to Thailand next month, do you have any plans to dive there? Yes, I plan to do the next step. So I want to be an advanced diver. I'll do that, I think, in Koh Tao, in Thailand. See what happens. Like maybe I I might want to do like a dive master, really? a dive master. Yeah. What is? Do you know what's required to get to that level? What do you mean? Like, what are the steps yeah, to become you, a dive master? Um. So you, I'm not too sure. You have to stay. I know you have to stay there and do a certain amount of dives with the same dive shop and. It's like an in, like you work there while you're doing it. So it's usually over. I don't know how long. A couple of months, I think. That's at least that's what I want to do. Stay like a couple of months doing it. Um, it would like that's. When I did the sheep farm, I wanted to do it so that I have the possibility to come back and be a dive master in Cairns or something where I know people have done that and had a great experience. Um, I'm not sure now if I'm going to do that. I don't know. I, I'm always thinking of new places I want to see. <laughs> it's a dream. I want to do that. That'd be cool. Yeah. Be is, is that the highest level you can get to? No, that's... Um, Instructor, I suppose. I think. Like, so dive master is um, someone that comes. If you're a certified diver mm -hmm. and you want someone to show you around the reef, like, oh, I want to. I've just arrived here and I want to see the reef. You can come with a dive master. Uh, so I'll be working in the shop and offering divers to come with me, and I'll show you the fish and the dive. Got the, it. The spot. So you're the tour guide. Kind of. Basically, the underwater yeah. tour guide. Yeah, <laughs> and I can come with if you 
if you're an instructor and you have more than I don't know how many like if you have a group of people doing a open water I can come with you as extra support or come with you if you're showing around like dive when I dived in cans I we were a group of three or four and they had a dive master with them and the instructor the dive master is like the instructor is taking care of the divers and the dive master is yeah more of a tour like a tour guide got it yeah while you're on the road especially for so long what does your gear look like what do you have with you what are the necessities and any tips or recommendations on how to pack and maybe how to pack light yeah you especially traveling in australia you don't need that much like some things are crazy expensive in australia um everything is crazy expensive <laughs> but some things are more expensive than others um like for me like i have contacts and you know the fluid you put in your container with your contacts? I don't know the word, like the... Um, contact fluid. Yeah. Okay, That is very expensive. Really? That, yeah. It's so expensive in Australia. That's just one of the things that I've like, reacted on. Like, oh my god, this is like... <laughs> I can get this for less than half the price back home. It's basically... What that is, is like salt and water. It's <laughs> really expensive. <laughs> It's like $30 for a big bottle. Jeez. Which is, I don't know, it's the same thing would be $10 back home. Okay. So it's that's just, um, yeah. And like if, you can buy everything in Australia, so don't need, you don't need to bring anything. <laughs> Basically, you can just, yeah. But you definitely, definitely bring more than one credit card like so you have a backup from your bank back home and get copies of your passport and all those all things like that just that's very good to have in case you lose something and yeah it's impossible to pack for a year all my clothes I don't even have <laughs> that much clothes left <laughs> you've gone through yeah, so many yeah I've gone through my clothes I've thrown them away smell like, some smell like cheap and <laughs> <laughs> some are just I don't know they've so, been so dirty so they can never be clean again um, <laughs> it's hard to pack but just pack light and you don't need that much that's my best advice I I brought my computer it was I've, it's been good sometimes and now I feel like it's not necessary at all um, I have like right now I don't have a, I have two shoes two pair of shoes so I have so I've lost like I had like runners and sneakers and flip-flops and like um, sandals and now all the only shoes I have are sandals and sneakers. Because <laughs> I've got, gone through them and lost them and yeah. So 
but you don't you don't really need more than that. Two pairs of shoes and some clothes. Okay. I have too much stuff with me now. Yeah. Yeah. I do. Did you just accumulated it or? I've um. What's that mean? You've acquired more stuff along no, the way and haven't thrown not. stuff out. I've thrown lots of things out, but um, I don't know how I can have so much stuff <laughs> left. I I'm pretty sure I've gotten rid of like more than five kilos. So okay, what and what was your total bag weight? You have a sixty liter, right? Yes. Okay. And that one weighs sixteen kilos now. Okay. And then I had like a a bag. It's like a day pack, but mm. that one's really light. I can put everything in the big one now, and mm. that's way too much. So <laughs> kilos. Yeah. I can if I could repack it now, like what I would need for the next month. Um, I could probably do it with ten kilos. Don't need anything, and everything you need you can buy. So yeah, especially in the place where the weather is consistent yeah it's like a few tank tops mm -hmm. but the thing is it's not in australia yeah it's so cold in the winter it's not i thought i only bought like shorts and t-shirts and tank tops and jeans <laughs> that's what i bought and i've been ha i've been so cold like oh my gosh yeah in it in perth um it got to like three, three degrees, four degrees in the winter, and that's not very warm. And it's also very windy, and it's cold winds. I and I'm from the north of Sweden. We have, right now, I talked to my mom, and they got half a meter of snow in uh, overnight. It's a lot of snow in yeah. one night. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot of snow. So I'm used to the cold. It's not that. It's the thing in Australia is can be hot in the day and really cold at night or like afternoons mm. and mornings, at least during winter. In summer, it, the weather is consistent. In, if you just there over summer, you only need shorts and tank tops. So for most of your traveling, because you started solo, but were you, I guess, when you were traveling solo, were there ever a time that you felt unsafe or like you needed to watch out for your safety? And if so, how did you do that? In Australia? Or Just in general? In general, total traveling. Bali, Australia, mm. here. Um, no, I felt very, I've been feeling very safe in, Austra in Australia. Like, yeah, I'm trying to think if I had any, no, like obviously if you're walking alone at night in big cities like Sydney, there's people always every, like outside and sometimes it's, it can be scary. I remember one time I got off the bus in the wrong station and I was going home from city by myself and my phone was about to like the battery was about to die and yeah that was the scary that was scary I found my way home though so it was fine <laughs> but it was not it was yeah and 
also walking to work when I started at 3 a.m. Um, walking to work was scary sometimes. Like, because I walked from Renwick to Kensington. But it's, it was fine. Okay. And in, in Thailand and, and here, I don't know, may I, I might not feel that safe if I walk outside now <laughs> in Kuala Lumpur <laughs> by myself. Yeah. But I think it's fine. Um, Asia is, they're so used to travelers here. There's so much backpackers and yeah, I've never felt like I'm not safe. This, you always That's meet good. people too, so I haven't been. You're not really lonely when you're traveling. So. Yeah, especially staying in hostels. Yeah. It's easy to meet people. <laughs> it is very easy. Um. Okay. Well, then this. I don't know if this will be a good question then. But, do you have any strategies in maybe diverting or avoiding unwanted attention? Uh, like as a foreigner when you travel? Mm. Yeah, some, I don't know. I think I love like meeting locals and talking to people and... But sometimes you just don't want to. Just want to not talk to people. And then I wear my headphones <laughs> with nothing on just so people see that I'm... You won't even be playing music, yeah, just put your headphones in. <laughs> music, yeah, sometimes. But most of the time I just... I feel like sometimes when I meet people and they... Like when someone try and talk to you and you go you're with someone else and that person just ignores that person, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So someone comes up to you and says, Oh, I want to come into my store and blah blah blah. And that person's just ignoring them. I feel like that, lots of people do this in Asia, like travelers. I could never do that. I always answer. So, and that's, most people are, if you just, oh, no, thank you, it's fine. Like, it's rude to ignore people like that. <laughs> yeah. Do you notice that? Oh, yeah. Other people doing that? Yeah. Walking here in Kuala Lumpur, sometimes people are rude about it. Yeah. I don't know if this is only because I'm a girl walking around on my own, but some people are, like men, are, you know, mm -hmm. like and doing things like, like that. Like catcalling. Yeah, and like oh, come and like want you want you to, you know, you know what I mean. Like not not catcalling, but things like similar to catcalling. Okay. Like when they want me to, hello. You know, I'm just saying different. Like, if you you know what I mean? It's not saying it nicely. It's not saying, hi, you want to check out my things? It's saying, hey. <laughs> you know? I don't know what you mean. No, you don't I, really yeah, know. But, so please explain more, because this is... I don't know, I don't know. No, this, explain. like, this, 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 see, this isn't something I have to really worry about. Because no. men aren't approaching me doing this. <laughs> Hello. So, yeah. So, like, what... I guess, how do you, what do you do in those scenarios? Because I'm sure this is a concern <laughs> for other females as well. Um, I, that's when I ignore them. Okay. Yeah. I wish I could say I would, if someone's being very, like, rude to me in another way, like, r openly rude, this is rude, but it's 
not, you know, they're not being, they're not saying something that, like, rude to my face, but I get what they mean. So if they would be rude to my face or say something, then I could probably tell them off or be more, like, angry or, like, say, you know. But if they do, like, say that, then it's more just ignore them. That's what I do. Okay. Yeah. So because, like... So it's not like catcalling, but the way they're saying it, you can like just yeah. tell it's in a weird way, and that's yeah. how you know. Just yeah, ignore. obviously they, I get catcalling too, but yeah, ignore that too. You get catcalled in Australia too, though. so it's not just here, but probably more uh, like ab- not abrupt, but more like. Is it more aggressive here, in a way, or more like upfront? Yeah, it here. Yeah, it's. I've experienced it more here. People comment like, "Um, I understand." Since I'm not, if they speak a language I don't understand, then I don't know what they're saying. But sometimes you can still you understand that they're talking about you, and that can be. That can make me very uncomfortable. And my Uber driver, <laughs> he was also very interesting, an interesting person. So I arrived like two at night, and I get in this Uber, and the first thing he says is, "You're very pretty." <laughs> and I was like, "Oh, nice to meet you too." I sit in this car for half an hour with you. Oh gosh. In the middle of the night. And then he was like, oh, blah, 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 you have a nice body. And um, he asked me how old I was. And and I told him I was 21. And he said, I'm very curvy for a 21-year-old. And that's, yeah. And I shouldn't, and he told me all these things about not walking around here late at night. Cause bad people out in the streets and... Things like that. You shouldn't get in your car either because you're being a freaking <laughs> perv. <laughs> yeah. But I've never felt un- like I didn't feel unsafe with him. It's just a rude way to talk to someone. Talk yeah. To um, you just want to ride. Like, yeah. <laughs> you just want to ride to your hostel yeah. and you have to deal with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I didn't, yeah. I didn't feel unsafe, but it's still an uncomfortable situation. But traveling, I've, traveling alone is—it's been uh, an experience. I'm glad I did it. I'm glad I traveled on my own because um, you, this—it's a nice feeling you get when you like, oh, yeah, I did this. I did this year all by myself. Um, you know. I've never, you didn't, I didn't have anyone with me and all the like trouble I've had, I've solved everything on my own and that's a great feeling and you meet all these people, you never, would never met them if I traveled with a friend. If, you, if you're traveling with a friend, it's so easy to just be comfortable and be with that person and when you go on your own, you meet so many people because you're so open to it. So I'm glad I traveled on my own, and I've never felt 
that unsafe. I mean, it's it's nicer. Some things are nicer to do with someone than on your own. But most things I've been fine with. I think that's a good way to put it. Yeah. Like, it's it's fun having someone to share those experiences with. Yeah. But yeah, I think. Yeah. That's that's true. It's. You learn how much more you're capable of doing alone. Yeah. And how fun it can actually be. Yeah. And you, that's feeling you get when, oh, I did this too, all on my own. It's an amazing feeling. Yeah. Of course, some things would be amazing, like great to share with someone. Like when you tell someone else about it, they don't really understand what you're talking about. Yeah. But, yeah, it's still so so good to travel on your own. What's been the most difficult part of traveling alone? Or one of the most difficult parts. Don't have to, don't have to be the top, but just one of the difficult parts of traveling alone. Um, the eating is... Buying food for yourself can be difficult. Like staying in a hostel and you're alone and buying food and knowing that you're going to leave soon and you don't want to keep all this food. <laughs> yeah, that's... And also, like, having dinner alone. I'm fine with it now. Um, and when I first... It's, I can... Especially, like, when I've been away for a year, I can see now that it's so different from when I first arrived in Bali. Like, how I do things. Now it's I'm so I'm fine with eating alone now. I don't care. I couldn't care less. I just no, I don't care. But when I first arrived in Bali, I was in I I don't know. I was so much more uncomfortable. And that's what I hear when I talk to people too. Like people that haven't been away for so long, or and they're like, oh no, I don't wanna, I don't like eating dinner alone. I'm fine with lunch, but not dinner alone. You know. And that's one of the things that they are most concerned about. Like, oh, I'm, I could be fine with traveling, but eating alone. <laughs> and now I'm like, <laughs> just, I don't care. But one of the things that still I still don't like is, is like, when you're in an airport alone. Things like that. It's not because it's difficult. It's more that it's boring <laughs> so boring yeah like I, when my flight was delayed in, in Phuket and I had to sit in the airport in the middle of the night alone <laughs> that's like yeah I'm, I get that I could go up to someone and start a conversation <laughs> yeah but it's the middle of the night everyone yeah. wants to get on the plane no one wants to sit and have a conversation they yeah. want to sleep or and then yeah so, but what I did is, what I usually do is, if I'm, if I really feel like talking to someone, I'll call, like, I call my friends, or, you know, so, but still, that's so boring. I love flying with, with someone. Yeah. Because you can talk to them, and if there's <laughs> like, oh, my bag is too heavy, can I put some stuff in your bag? Like, things like that. Just, yeah. It's, convenient to have yeah. a friend with you when you're flying or sitting in a bus or whatever but other than that I don't think there's been like oh yeah also like going out now I wouldn't be that comfortable walking around at nights 
alone mm -hmm. anywhere. Yeah. I can do it. It's not that I'm. I just don't think it's nice. Yeah, it's more on your on your mind. Yeah. Than in Australia or another yeah. safe place. Yeah, but same in Sydney. Oh I really? Would, like middle of the night. If I would be out with my friends, we always walked home with each other and took it like you know. Mm -hmm. um, never leave anyone because it's still a big city. You never know. Yeah. People are on drugs and do yeah. all sorts of crazy things, and this you know, things can happen. You get lost and yeah. So. Yeah. But I've never had any other big issues with traveling alone. That's good. Yeah. I think a lot of it blown up a little bit. Like the fears yeah. and the worries of, what if this happens? What if this happens? What if this happens? How would I handle this? It's yeah. Like, you can't think about that because one, it may never happen. Yeah. Most likely will never happen. Yeah. Two, this stuff could happen to you pretty much <laughs> anywhere. Yeah. Like some countries maybe it's more likely to than others, but... Yeah, yeah, so it's like, you gotta just kind of go out and figure stuff out sometimes. Yeah. And I think, it's the, like, traveling alone is something you just have to do. And when you've done it, you realize that it's not so, it's not what you thought it would be like. And then you'll be fine with it. Like, now, before, I under, like, understand why people are worried, because you don't know what you're getting into. And you don't know what you're gonna, like going to the other side of the world and you have no one there f waiting for you it's scary you don't know what you're gonna see there you don't know anything like you can read up on the country or whatever but it's still going to be different from what you imagine and it's one of those thing one of those things <laughs> you just have to do it and go there you just have to book the flight and go there and see for yourself and you'll be, yeah, you'll have so much fun. Such a good thing to do for yourself, for your self-esteem and confidence, and you'll be a whole new person. All right, we'll get a few last um, stock-type questions. Do you have any methods or strategies or tips for saving money on the road. Yeah, always be flexible with flights. That's a good, like I use Skyscanner and just look up where it's cheapest to fly around the date you want to go. And so be flexible at like how you plan your trip. And so don't just go there, like, don't just go because it's the closest place to go, go where it's cheapest, and then you can go to that place when it's cheaper. <laughs> and save, like, saving money on food, I, especially when we traveled the west coast, we cooked the dinners on our own, and we did that on the east coast too, but on the west coast we bought everything in Perth, so we stocked up, like, for camping it's good to just fill up everything, and we all we ate was rice, pasta, and canned veggies, and then we just made stews and pasta sauce with that and easy, cheap food. You'll be so sick of it, but it's good for your money. 
and when you want to do like tours or things like that, always look into the cheapest alternatives. And sometimes I feel like it's worth to like do a more expensive tour or a more expensive thing too. Like, but you should look into what what the difference is. So for the expensive thing, is it what what am I getting for my money? Like doing the diving, doing your diving certificate there might be much cheaper, but is it better, or is it you know mm -hmm. things like that? So like be willing to spend the money on the necessary things sometimes, or like to get the better at experience. Yeah, at least that's what I feel like. Okay. That's yeah, I think that's worth it. But don't be just be smart and spend your money on the right things. Okay. Yeah, and yeah, use the, use your clothes till you fall apart. Until <laughs> no. so you can't stand them anymore. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And just be. Yeah, it's hard to save your money on the road. Don't like when you go, especially when you go road tripping in Australia. Don't eat at the roadhouses. <laughs> That's my number one tip. Okay. Be, don't be hungry when you fill up your fuel. <laughs> All the snacking and stuff. Yeah, yeah. It's dangerous. Yes, it is. I'm bad with that. Yeah, me too. <laughs> food is a hard thing because when you're hungry, you don't really care. You have to have food, so you just buy what you have to. So don't be hungry. <laughs> Make sure you fill up your stomach with cheap food and yeah. Control your cravings. Yes, yes, that's a good, good way to put it. Control your cravings. Um, okay, so you mentioned Skyscanner uh, yeah. for flights. Yeah, I Are, love that site. You what? I love that site. Okay. So you can put in um, flying from a place, and then you can put everywhere. So you can see all the alternatives where it's cheapest to fly. Oh, sweet. Yeah, and then you can also put like the whole month. So you can see, like, that day is 200 and that day is 150, and you can see all the differences. And they link you to all the different flight companies and blah, blah. Oh, sweet. Okay. Yeah. I'm good. Advertising it now. <laughs> yeah, no, that's, that's good. I'm going to use that for figuring yeah, out Thailand. Should, you should look it up. It's, uh -huh. it's very good. So along with that, are there any other apps or websites or other resources that you use for traveling that you think are a must-have? Then that, there's a map app called maps.me. Maps.me? Yeah. Okay. And that app allows you to use your map. Everything is rhyming. That app allows you to use the map without internet. So uh -huh. you, when you have Wi-Fi, you can like download the area. Like, when I got here, I downloaded Kuala Lumpur, and now I can use it when I don't have Wi-Fi. So, you can just search, and yeah, it's a good app. Okay. It's like Google, Google Maps, but you don't have to have internet. Ah, okay. That's good to know. Yeah. Those two found if you're searching for jobs in <laughs> Australia, at least in the big cities. And... Yeah, that's what I've been using. Okay. 
Do you have any sort of philosophy while traveling, or way you try to go about your travels? Mm, I try to have fun <laughs> and be nice to people. Um, yeah, no, I don't have like a strict like a, something I'm thinking of. Um, yeah, I just want to have fun, be happy, experience the most of mm, yeah fill my time with things to do. What would you tell someone thinking about doing their own multi-month trip or about to go on their own trip? Mm, I would say don't wait for perfect timing because there's never, there's never any perfect time to do anything in life. Like, no, this, you never get that feeling, oh, now I have, now I want to go, like, this is the perfect time. <laughs> that never happens. So just book the flight and then go. That's my biggest advice. Yeah. For, especially for traveling. Because you always have things, like reasons that you tell yourself, especially when it's your first time. Like, what if that happens? Or I should wait for that. Or maybe someone will go with me if I wait two months. You know? But don't let that... Don't tell yourself that, just book the flight and go. I liked my job back home and I, I had a good like good situation with I had an apartment and everything. Was, I didn't plan I, I wanted to travel but for me it's always been in the future. Like next year <laughs> I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go next year and I'm gonna be away for a long time and go there and there, you know? Um and like the month before I booked like my flight, so in October, I was thinking I'll go traveling in February. Because <laughs> you always think like it'll be better timing if I go then. Much better to go like oh it's Christmas I'll go after Christmas or my mom's birthday I'll go after that or my birthday I'll go after that. Never have that like window in your life when oh now I have a year to go away like, <laughs> that never happens but now I have like fine you can get a month or but if you have to tell yourself I'm going away for two months then you can tell yourself that but you'll enjoy it so much so you'll stay longer <laughs> that's I think that's what I did like I told myself I wanted to go for six months but Really, really, I did know I wanted to go for more than that. I just had to tell myself that so I could go. <laughs> yeah, and tell other people maybe. So it's yeah. like, yeah, I'm going for six months. Yeah. And then you're like, no, nah, maybe a year, <laughs> maybe more. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, all right, final question. Uh, I ask this to every guest I've had on so far. Mm -hmm. Take your time with answering it if you need to. But how would you sum up all of your travels into a sentence or two? <laughs> um, best year of my life. Easy. All right. <laughs> Easy. <laughs> Sounds like it's been pretty awesome. And like you might be... Uh, going again for another few months later on after you're back home for a bit yeah yeah cool well 
thank you for joining me, <laughs> being on the Edge of Comfort podcast. Thank you for having me. And uh, any final parting words of wisdom to our listeners? Book your flight. <laughs> All right. <laughs> thank you again, Isa, and thank you everyone for listening. And until next time.